welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. And if you didn't know already, the NWCA announced the 2024 U.S. Marine Corps National Dual Meet Championships will be held in Cedar Falls, Iowa at the Unidome January 5th and 6th. So this upcoming year, the National Duels will feature 96 programs from the following six divisions. You have NAIA men and women. You have the D2 and D3 men. You have NCAA women and the NCWA Division I men. So this is going to be amazing. It's going to be an awesome event. The Unidome is great. They always do a great job whenever anything's held there. So be on the lookout for tickets once uh, they get closer to the date there. January 5th and 6th, 2024. So the song you just heard is Everlong by Foo Fighters. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Nate Nas. So Nate is currently the communications, marketing, and scholastic coordinator for the National Wrestling Coaches Association. Nate's from Beloit, Kansas, and has just been around the sport his whole life. So aside from competing while growing up, he coached wrestling at Lincoln High School in Kansas and was also both the vice president and president of the Kansas Wrestling Coaches Association. He's another guy in our sport who has done so much behind the scenes to help grow wrestling. And we're so appreciative to have somebody like him involved in wrestling. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Nate Nas. You like Runza? Oh, I love Runza. Really? What kind of Runza do you get? Uh, man, I'll get the mushroom and Swiss. I'll get the cheese. I'll get without cheese. Sometimes it's good with, uh, you know, some ketchup and mustard. I, I don't discriminate. <laughs> The best one I've had is the BLT. I don't know if you've ever had the BLT. I have not had the BLT. Uh, but we've only got we've only got one down in Kansas. It's uh, over clear out in Lawrence. Really, I'm surprised you even have one in Kansas. To be yeah, honest, got got one there, and I believe Concordia is getting one, which would be straight south of York. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yeah. Because where? So where are you from originally? Uh, Beloit, Kansas. North central Kansas. So, you know, I grew up, we wrestled against like superior and red cloud. Mm -hmm. So South central Nebraska team. So I think I saw, uh, we used to wrestle the Marysville tournament used to be the Jay Husker classic. So I wrestled some Carney kids and, uh, ran into some other people, um, at different times. I think Cozad clay center, Nebraska were there. So, Mm so did you just like, did you start wrestling from a very young age or what, uh, what got you into the sport to begin with? I started in kindergarten and from the stories I've heard, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, my, one of my, at the, my best friend at the times, dad, you know, was the coach. And I think about two weeks in, they handed out the singlets and I saw that thing and I said, I'm not wearing it. And I like fought with my mom and dad and I was like, I just, I refused. And so I took a hiatus. And so I, I, I quit wrestling uh, as a kindergartner and I came back out as an eighth grader. Oh, wow. So I, I didn't have any mat time in, in any of those years. And it's crazy. I got a hard time from people because my dad was a two-time state qualifier. Mm -hmm. So, you know, dad wrestled and he was pretty good at it. And I, I wanted no part of it. I was doing my, my whole baseball and football thing. And then um, Coach Nimchek, who's going into our Hall of Fame here in Kansas this fall, um, he grabbed me one day. He was one of the football coaches. 
And he was like, you need to do this. So I did it and kind of fell in love with it. Just never very good at it. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it, but uh, that was kind of the, the beginnings. It wasn't anything like you see some of these kids that are on the mat for years and going to, you know, Tulsa and Reno mm-hmm. and, you know, corn cob nationals and doing all that. That wasn't, that wasn't my experience at all. Why? So you just went back out your eighth grade year, uh, coach Nimchek just grabbed you and said, Hey, you should do this and that. You're like, okay, that, that's right. Off. Right. You know, it's, it, it's crazy because, you know, who doesn't want to feel wanted, right? Right. It's like when, when, when a high school coach, he's a high school football coach, you know, he's the offensive and defensive line coach. That's what I played. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when he reaches out to you and he grabs you and says, Hey, you want to do this? It, it meant something, you know, to, you know, eighth grade Nate. And uh, it means even more to adult Nate, you know, mm-hmm. looking back and what it's done for me going forward. But yeah, he, uh, he grabbed me and then I, what kind of hooked me, I was kind of all in on football. I was, mm-hmm. I was the aggressive kid that like, you know, if I could walk into a door frame, like would run a shoulder into it, I would do it. Like I, I was that guy kind of little over aggressive, probably too much testosterone. Mm-hmm. And he taught a double leg early on. And I looked at him, I was like, so I tackle him. And he was like, yeah, you just tackle him. And I'm like, poor David Waddell. He, uh, he had to deal with me shooting some, some double legs. Um, I was, uh, tackling the poor dude and running my shoulder all the way through his stomach into the mat. But that's kind of what got me hooked. And it wasn't, it wasn't early success that got me hooked. I didn't have much of that, but it was, it was the being able to, to, the fact that it was combat, right. You know, and there was contact and being a part of something. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it really meant a lot to be a part of that team when I f- finally got a part of the Beloit wrestling family. Yeah. Did you, so what kind of success did you have in high school or throughout your wrestling career? Sub 500 as a career. Okay. You know, uh, my junior year started to make sense. It clicked, mm-hmm. you know, I, I started to be able to flow a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, I wasn't having to think about it. It's kind of like you learned the dance moves and now you can dance. Mm-hmm. Um, started, started to place, you know, I never won a tournament. Um, you know, maybe one day, I don't know. I'd have to get back on the mat again, but, <laughs> um, you know, just, just being able to have some success, pick up some wins. I think I was maybe 15 and 15 as a junior and I was pretty excited about my senior year. And, uh, you know, fortunately my senior year, I sustained a knee injury, you know, tore my meniscus pretty bad, had to have it completely removed two days before Christmas. And so uh didn't really know how long it would take to get rehabbed. So I worked pretty hard on that. And I came back the week before regionals and somehow found a way, got fourth out of our regional tournament, probably because it was hosted in our home gym, you know, <laughs> had the fans behind me sure. and, uh, somehow managed a way to uh, place in the top four and I made it to state and it's pretty excited. I mean, your goals change. I wanted to be a state placer coming into the year. Mm-hmm. Um, things, you know, you have to readjust. And so I wanted to, I wanted to wrestle on Saturday. So I lost my first round match, you know, I was fourth place. I went against a regional champ to start, yeah. had to wait, wait all of those hours to wrestle again. And I, uh, I managed to, uh, I think a one point win, and I don't even remember where we was from. I remembered that we were scrambling all the way up to the end. And I knew that I had a, had a point on him where I was, I was up 
but uh they blew the whistle and we both just kind of laid there and i remember like he was on his back and i kind of had my head on on his belly right there and we just kind of <laughs> laid there nobody really made an attempt to get up and uh finally the official was like come on come on guys and so <laughs> We got up and I was pretty worn out, but I was, you know, I didn't have any conditioning at all at that point. Right. Um, but I got to um, have the experience of, you know, holding my weight and coming back and, and wrestling Saturday morning. Would have loved to have done more. You know, I was up a weight class. I was at 215. I'd been an 89 pounder. So I would have, you know, would have liked to have seen what I could do. But honestly, looking back, you know, what's that, that song, you know, thank God for unanswered prayers. Yeah. I think it, it turned me into the coach that I was able to become. Um, some, some might say you never really turned into much of a coach at all, but um, I, sh I sure loved my time, you know, in the room with my athletes. And, and I think a lot of that was the fact that I was a novice pretty much all the way up through my career until mm -hmm. probably the very end. And then I was still probably, you know, not a, not an advanced wrestler, but I appreciated that moves had steps. Mm -hmm. and could break them down because you get with some of those advanced kids and I've had those athletes and I loved having my high school kids work with my junior high program. Hey, let's coach these kids. And you watch them and they have a hard time teaching a junior high kid how to do a new move mm -hmm. because they've never had to think about it. They can just see somebody do something and then they could do it. And so they, they never had to put the building blocks together. And so it's really cool to have those good wrestlers have to rip everything apart and then put it back together. And it's amazing how much better they can become when they truly understand what they're doing, kind of the whole part, whole mm -hmm. concept. And so, um, and then just, you know, you always want a little bit more, you know, I didn't make it on the wall. And I, I went back home to Beloit for a couple of years and it was so awesome to get to work in my school in my hometown. I was an assistant coach for my, my high school coach and mm -hmm. some of my athletes at the time would give me a hard time. They're like, where's your name coach? And I'm yeah. like, well, let's not talk about me, but let's point at these state champions that were on my team or these state finalists that I wrestled with. It's like, I didn't achieve it. I didn't get the, you know, the ultimate goal. I didn't have a, any medals from state, but I saw what it took. I saw what those guys did. I felt mm -hmm. what they did to me, <laughs> but, uh, no, it was, it was good. So, um, kind of full, full circle there getting to be a part of the program. And then I'd coached against coach Nemchak and I love him to death. He's one of the greatest men in the world, but, uh, I'm still one to know against him in the state finals. <laughs> I was going to ask how you, wow. But we, we were, uh, the program I was head coach of Lincoln, uh, we were probably maybe a third or a quarter of the size of the school we had anywhere from like 87 to 94 kids, wow. 95 kids in the high school, they were about 300. And so, um, just a half hour away. So we saw each other a lot, you know, we mm -hmm. never won a duel against them. There were some duels. I think we won more matches. So you mm -hmm. keep, you, you create your own metrics when you're at a small <laughs> school and you're mm -hmm. trying to do some duels, but we always had some success and it was always fun to go, you know, to go from being, you know, his athlete to being his peer 
to being a part of the program and helping run that Beloit program with him after I'd been a head coach. And then, you know, it kind of ran its course, uh, life changes. We had our son and we, we were commuting back and forth from Lincoln still hadn't sold our house. And I had an opportunity to come back and become the athletic director. So, um, slid back down there. Um, it was, it was really tough because, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a great community. My dad's the mayor. And so I, I love to tell people I've never voted for him and they can't believe it. And I'm like, there's a little thing called voter fraud. Like I don't live there. So um, still have very strong ties to that community. And I'm, it's selfish on my part. I'm very excited. This is my last kind of few months of being the president of the Kansas Wrestling Coaches Association. And I get to preside over the banquet in which coach Nimchek will be inducted into the hall of fame. So, you know, like there, you see all of these different things and they happen and it's like, man, all of this happened because of wrestling and it's right. just, it's so awesome. Wow. So this, so you're, are you stepping down from the presidents that I, uh, I can see that, that you're the president of the Kansas wrestling coaches association. Yeah. My term will be up. This oh, is, okay. I have been the vice president or president for this will be eight years my son is six yeah you know i haven't i haven't been in coaching for this will be this is my sixth year out of education and coaching now working for the national wrestling coaches association but um you know i still help youth clubs and i work with our our um, local club here i'm in ellsworth now um I'm on, on the board. My son's a part of it. And I I'm, I have a wrestling addiction and I, my mm-hmm. wife's an enabler. She allows me to do all of that <laughs> stuff, but mm-hmm. um, it's been great. I love the KWCA. I mean, I could tell you the whole linear path of joining the KWCA, you know, to where, you know, becoming an employee of the NWCA, but um, it's been good, but you know, I should, I shouldn't have, you know, be in power for that long or in, in a role like that, you need new blood. My vice president's fantastic. He's actually leaving the high school where he's at and going across town, going from great bend high school to Barton County community college to be the head coach there. So Nathan, Nathan Brockelman will do a good job. Um, He makes me feel old. I coached against him (laughs) when he was in high school. So um, yeah, I've, I've done eight years. Um, it's, it's been really good. I, anybody listening to this, if you're not a part of your coaches association, um, figure out how to get a part of it. And even if you're just a member, it's, it's crazy. The connections, I think the biggest thing for me, when I came on the board, I was the academic chair. When I first started, I sat in these meetings with coaches that I was like, like, I hate to admit it. I'm a grown man. And I'm sitting in these meetings, just like, I'm shy. I don't want to talk because I'm like, who am I? You know, Mm -hmm. I coach at this little tiny high school, you know, they, they don't care. They've got, you know, hands full of championship rings, but then we started talking and I'm like, well, we do that. Well, we do that. Mm -hmm. And more than anything, it was just validation. I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not completely terrible at what I do. You know, I was young when I started, um, didn't have years and years of wrestling experience to draw upon. So, you know, I'm like trying to be a sponge and soak up stuff, going to clinics and camps and watching videos and, and doing all of that. And then, you know, being in the middle of all of the decisions um, it's, it's really awesome. And I, I wish that for every single coach that's out there that they can Mm -hmm. just be a part of it because, you know, he's, he's recently passed um, our former president, he was my vice president. I was his president, uh, Doug Vanderlinden. He was a college basketball player 
and he's our state record holder in Kansas for dual wins. He's like six wow, foot seven, you know, never, never wrestled, but he figured it out. He, he knew how to coach, he cared about kids. And, uh, so it's, it's kind of, kind of crazy. Um, you know, KWCA has been really good to me. What? So now I, I kind of do want to dive into the KWCA. So like what, what goes into being a part of it and what are you, what roles do you have in just in, in wrestling? Well, I think the first thing that we try and do is provide coaching development. It's important that the coaches get development. Um, we still have a lot of coaches that are in the educational environment, mm-hmm. but we have more and more coaches in Kansas are called rule 10 coaches where they're, they have employment outside of the school district. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they're, they're a sheriff's deputy or a plumber or, you know, a, a doctor, a chiropractor own their own business. And then they come in at, you know, after school and they're coaching those kids. Um, we want to make sure that we are giving them the proper technique, proper, you know, skills, nutrition, you know, mindfulness, kind of a lot of the stuff that the NWCA is trying to do, you know, kind of the leadership academies kind of become the CEO of your program, market your program, you know, make sure you're dealing properly with parents and um, with administration to, to not only, you know, keep your program, you know, intact and sustain it, but to help it flourish. And it's really tough because, a lot of people know the X's and O's of sports and right. that's, and that's what people want to coach, right? Nobody gets into it to like fill out, you know, fill in weight sheets and to have to, you know, do the laundry and write the press release for the paper after the duel. Like that's all stuff that it's like, Oh man, but if you don't do it, who's, who's doing it? Or are you identifying the people to do it? So, um, you know, coaching development's a big thing sustaining wrestling in Kansas, you know, being a voice for our coaches, taking surveys and taking that. We've got a very good working relationship with Mark Lentz, um, our executive assistant executive director in charge of wrestling at the Kansas State High School Activities Association. So we work with them. You know, we've had some rule changes. Um, We pushed really hard on girls wrestling. Um, Doug Vanderland and Doug Kretzer and myself, we were on our sanctioning team. I don't know how many meetings we had at the state office in Topeka. And uh, we were able to push that through. Um, It's been very successful. We now have two divisions. Um, we have a large class and small class um, girls. It just continues to grow. That's something that um, really means a lot that we were able to provide those opportunities for um, these young ladies to participate and other rule changes. You know, we we knew that it's getting tougher and tougher to find officials and coaches and even athletes get worn out. The wrestling seasons are grind and there's, there's no getting away from that, but you can try and minimize it. And I was talking one time with her track coach and I was talking about how we needed to get our tournaments, a lot of them off of Saturdays. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? And I was like, it's, it's rough. You practice five days a week and then you go all day Saturday and you get home and you got Sunday for a break. Like I'm trying to get weekday tournaments, you know, Thursday night tournaments. And, you know, we need, we wanted to have two all day get the allowance for two full day tournaments, which track has. And so I was telling him, I was like, you, you, you've got a great program, got a lot of kids out. You guys have won state titles, bring home state trophies. How many kids would you have out for track? If you guys were gone every Saturday in the spring, 
And he just kind of thought about it. He's like, never, never really thought about it that way. I was like, mm-hmm. it changes things when you've got to be gone all the time. I was like, we're not, we're not trying to, to soften the sport. We're not trying to take anything away. But if we can be more mindful about how we're building this. And so we got that passed through the state um, recently, um, the KWCA and then another advisory committee, we we adopted the OPC. So we'll be u- utilizing the optimal performance calculator coming into the season so we can track. It'll be a very transparent um, process of tracking weigh-ins and results, which in the past we didn't we didn't have any real tracking of competition weigh-ins throughout the year. So I feel like we've done a lot um, pushing the sport forward. I know obviously there's always going to be people, well, we need this, we need that, we need you know, we're aware of that. There's stuff we want. We want state duels. We've been trying to get state duel tournament for, for years. Um, but sometimes you've just got to hit the brakes and zoom out a little bit and see what successes you've had, because like anything you get in the middle of that. And it's really hard to notch those wins because you just feel like there's so many things left to accomplish, but I, I think that's one of the things I've been trying to do is zoom out as I'm finishing up here and be like, what, what have we done? Did I, you know, did I do enough for, you know, the state and for our kids and for our coaches, for our sport over these last eight years, you know, as the vice president or president and hopefully, you know, um, I can, I can, continue to make good progress as we finish out we have a really good clinic coming uh in october um hopefully we'll finish with a bang and things will just continue to grow with the the leadership that we've got i've got a really great board they're they're amazing coaches and even better individuals and i have no doubt that they're going to continue to do great things here in kansas that's that's important uh to have the backing of you know an association like yours, like the Kansas, you know, wrestling coaches association in all States, you know, it's sort of like administration for schools. You know, if the administration backs wrestling, you know, programs get just infinitely better, you know, and I feel like you have that there. Did uh, I want to ask, did that work pretty well Thursday? Have you implemented like Thursday or Friday tournaments? I had when I was still coaching and the kids really liked it. I know they kind of looked forward to it. You know, we added some round robins throughout the week. And I I hate to say this. I I have to be completely transparent. I love duels. I love, love the big 10 Friday night duels. Um, Love going to them, love watching them. I think they're very important for the sport at the school I was at. I, we were small, you know, we, we, uh, you know, 85 kids, you know, 87 kids in the school, we weren't going to have a full lineup. And it got to some years when we were down, it wasn't worth the competition points and the scheduling for me to take my team. And, you know, you say you've got six kids in the active lineup and only Mm -hmm. three of them get matches. That's not good for my kids. That's not good for the other teams. And so we had transitioned to being tournament, basically a tournament only team. And so that that killed our weeknights. We didn't have those weeknight duels. We had transitioned to basically we were gone every Saturday, the entire season. And once we started picking up some of those Thursday, Friday night events, the kids, you know, our, our retention 
was better. Um, recruiting was a little bit easier to get kids to come out. And um, I know I felt better, like at a small school, you know, two coaches coaching the the junior high and the high school together spread pretty thin. And my wife appreciated it. You know, mm-hmm. we were able to, you know, do something on the weekends every once in a while, maybe head to Kansas city and go to a movie or, you know, a, a show or something. And just sometimes time away is really good because it, it gets you reinvigorated. And you can, even if it's just a long weekend, a three day weekend, you can come back. And like, I know the kids would come back on that Monday and they were different kids, mm-hmm. you know? So I think sometimes we just get so used to what we've always done. You know, um, it's tough to try and make those changes because you're kind of like, oh, I'm kind of crazy. I'm out here on the ledge. But then you you talk to other coaches and they feel the same way. And they're like, well, let's put something together. And once we put it together, you know, you started seeing some more of that stuff happening. And for the small schools, I really love there's some jamborees, which is basically like a scramble. Yeah. Um, so putting those things together, you know, we it's, it's giving those small schools kind of like this, the schools that have, you know, six, six player, eight player, nine player football, yep. you know, yep. that they can't do the whole 11 man thing. I, I, I was, I was an eight player football coach for quite a while. Um, really enjoyed that, but it was different than growing up playing a 11 player, but you know, those scrambles have given those, those small schools that, you know, have less than a hundred students in them a chance to do something on a weeknight and not be gone every single weekend. So mm-hmm. I think anything that we can do to kind of get off some of those weekends is, is really good. I mean, ultimately your state, your, your, your postseason, your state series is going to be kind of a combination of maybe like a weekend, Friday, Saturday, you're going to, you're going to continue to have that in your, in your schedule. But if you can zoom out a little bit and make some, some tweaks here and there, I think you'll be better off for it. You can always change it back if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, um, you know, change in wrestling, we're getting better at it, but it, it it's been hard, you know, um, wrestling is a very prideful sport and I feel like they like to do things a certain way. And so when somebody tries to come in and change things a little bit, there's always a, there's always resistance, you know, cause we're just like this old school sport that's been around since, you know, the ancient times. And, and so, um, but first eight man football is crazy. It's awesome. It's like kids are flying around. It's high scoring, high tempo. It's just, it's crazy, crazy fun. I was, I went from being an 11 player defensive coordinator to eight player D coordinator. And I finally got some advice. It wasn't soon enough. It was, we were well into the season. And uh, one of the coaches who had grown up playing it goes, Nate, they only like you lost three defenders you know, from the field, they only lost two eligible receivers. So you, you like the matchups were different. And right. again, it's like they were playing chess and I was playing checkers, you know, <laughs> like I, I was eating crayons, not knowing how to properly defend it. But again, it was a whole new world to me. And then uh, for one year, I took over the junior high program and we had to play a six player game. And uh, that, what's that like? We didn't go full rules, but uh, my understanding is that uh, in the six player game, the quarterback can't make a forward pass until it's been handed off. So a lot of times 
the like a running back will take the snap and then lateral it to the quarterback. And then ev- everybody's huh. eligible. Like I, I hear talking to some of my buddies that have coached it in the past that uh, like sometimes the, your center might be your, your leading receiver. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, wow. it's giving kids an opportunity and that's what it is when you're in education um, you're in the world, you, you do whatever you can. You've been over backwards to, to give opportunities to kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by this. Uh, you know, I'm so I'm from Iowa and, you know, Saturday tournaments are the thing. But I have noticed that they are kind of slowly maybe transitioning a, a few more Friday night tournaments. Um, and, yeah, that can just do wonders. You know, I didn't like waking up at five o'clock, hopping on a bus, going two hours to a tournament, weighing in and laying around and it just, yeah. Saturday was kind of a grueling, grueling day. Maybe I was being a little bit of a a weenie too, but no, no, (laughs) you're, you're in there with everybody else. Two things are going to change a lot of this and make things a lot better. The NFHS passing their 30 minutes between matches. So we're shaving off 15 minutes so we can increase the speed of the tournaments. You don't want a tournament to run faster than it should. But right. you don't want you definitely don't want it to run slower than it should. Right. And then being able to wrestle that sixth match in a day and then no more than 10 over two days. Those are the things that are going to allow weeknight tournaments to speed up, because I know some of those events that we did on weeknights were sitting there waiting like we could have started. And we're waiting for 15 more minutes mm-hmm. to start the next round. And it's like, you know, you do that a couple of times. You, you know, if it's a five round tournament and you're waiting, there's, you know there's your time back. That's an, you know, right. an hour that, that you get back hour and a half of your life right. and you get those kids home earlier, you know? So. Yeah. And um, you know, then on Saturday you can incorporate maybe a, just a light workout, you know, get the kids in just something light. Like you were saying, maybe something even sort of fun to lighten the mood and um, kind of take a break from wrestling without actually you know, taking a break, if you will, you know, yep. get them in, play maybe dodgeball or something. I don't know. Spike ball is a big deal. Just get them in, having some fun, and then send them on their way, you know, um, instead of having that 12 hour tournament. You know? Sometimes I think, I think those tournaments are like 30, 36 hours long on a Saturday. <laughs> I, 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 I think Saturdays are like able to morph, you know, they <laughs> defy time and space. <laughs> Yeah, especially if you're traveling a long ways, you know, um, I don't know how I don't know how often you guys traveled or how far. But sometimes, you know, where I came from up in the northeast corner of Iowa, we had to travel. You know, there weren't close. There were some close tournaments, but some other tournaments were, yeah, hour and a half, two hours away because we had to. You know, we didn't have a big populous area to go and and travel to. Yeah. And you've got to, you got to get out of your bubble too and see some different teams exactly. I was yeah, like going, going up into Nebraska. We, when I was still coaching, Kansas was still home site weigh-ins. So you weighed in in the morning with your team oh, no and, and your, your athletic director. Yeah. So I think we're two, three years into four years into that change. Now we, we align with the rest of the States, but um, state was shoulder to shoulder and regionals were shoulder to shoulder. Um, so we went up to Nebraska and wrestled it, you know, in the red cloud blue Hill tournament every year. So my kids could get the experience of holding weight on a bus 
and they thought they were dying. And, you know, through the new rule, rule changes, yeah. um, you know, we, we've done a lot of good things in, you know, the last 30 years to make wrestling safer. And, you know, my kids weren't necessarily cutting. It was the fact like, oh, I, I can't wake up and eat three burritos, you know, before, <laughs> you know, like as soon as I step off the scale at 7 a.m. or mm. whatever, before the bus leaves, I, I mean, I have to ride the bus for an hour and a half and then make weight. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, now it's funny because that's just the way it is. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hopefully it, it gets them to be at the correct weight for their, their body and using the, the OPC going forward should, should help with that as well. That'll work in tandem with the, the shoulder to shoulder weigh-ins. Yeah. When did you start gaining some confidence? You know, you sort of talked about, you know, going into the coaches meetings at first and looking around and seeing everyone with you know, jewelry or, you know, championship <laughs> rings. When did you start to feel like, Hey, I know what I'm doing. I, I belong here. Took a while, mm-hmm. took a while. You know, the, the whole fake it till you make it yep, like, yep. Uh, I, you know, I think it's an imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, a lot of these guys, you know, went and had successful college careers and had been coaching for 30 years. And here I was a guy that I, I wrestled eighth grade through my senior year it was a one-time state qualifier. It's like, I didn't really have anything to point to, to say, Hey, you should listen to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, early on, I think the biggest thing that I realized was like, and I'm trying to think of the, the name of the book. I think it's a uh, season of love or season of life. Uh, my gosh, Joe airman. It's a book about Gil- Gilman prep in Baltimore. Um, and he wrote, um, inside out coaching later. Uh, I read that book before I became the head coach and it talked about how they cared about their athletes and how they invested in their athletes. And they had a mantra and it was, you know, what's our job as coaches. And then the kids would reply to love us. And I thought about that and I'm like, I'm going to get emotional. What does it mean to love? And so if I love you, I'm going to hold you accountable. You know, it's got all those things. And I used to tell my kids all the time, love isn't rainbows, puppy dogs, and, you know, warm hugs, you know, it can be sometimes. Um, Yeah. yeah. But sometimes, sometimes love hurts. Sometimes, you know, love means discipline. Love means accountability. Also, if I love you, I'm going to invest in you. I'm going to invest in our relationship. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to control the controllables. I'm going to go to clinics. I'm going to go to camps. And I realized through all of this process that I can outlove other coaches. And, you know, you can, you can outwork people, but, you know, I'm going to outlove these coaches. I'm going to just going to love my kids to death. I'm going to invest in them. And then we're going to outplay them. We want to make these kids have so much fun. They're going to feel so invested in this. They've, they've got a brotherhood, a sisterhood. They've got a family. And so we're going to be able to do this. And so the second part of that mantra was, uh, what's your job as wrestlers? Um, and it's to love each other. And again, you go through that. If I love you, if you're slacking, man, I'm, I'm going to bring it. I might get you with an extra cross face. You know, I might cross club you, you know, I might get a little rough, you know, with this to get you going. If, if you're trying to, to hold weight, um, what, why, why are you eating a double lunch, buddy? You know, uh, if, if, you know, they're not doing well in school, Hey, 
why aren't you studying right now? And so it, it built an account accountability system. So every day after practice, it was, what's our job to love us? What's your job to love each other? And then we went through and kind of like the baseball teams, you know, they line up and they shake the whole, the team goes through, not the other team, but your team and coach and I would uh, shake each, each one of the kids hands, try and say something positive to each one and uh, tell them that we loved them and hug them. And you've got, you've got kids that don't need it. You know, they've got, they've got what they need. They're filled. They love you. You got good relationships with them. You got the kids that don't have that. And you could kind of tell some of the kids that, that needed a hug and they would just linger a little bit and they would kind of, you would just feel melt into you. And I think through that, that's when I felt real. That's when I felt like a real coach. I was making, making a difference, having an impact. Wow. That's some, that's some important stuff. You know, I, when you said, what does it mean to be a coach? I remember just the other day or maybe it was the other week or whatever. Somebody asked that question. I don't know if it was on Twitter or Facebook or something, but I saw what, what does it mean to be a coach? And that made me think too about what it means to be a coach. And I think, yeah, what, what you said is sort of spot on, you know, um, you know, to, to love your athletes and yeah. do what's best for them. Wow. I love Facebook so much because <laughs> I can just, I can, I don't troll them. I stalk them and I see them grow up and their moms and their dads and their, they're firefighters and they've, they're business owners and they're doing so many great things. Mm-hmm. So proud. Yeah, that's got to really, yeah, I was gonna say that's got to really fulfill you and, and prove that what you were doing, you were doing it the right way as a coach. You know, sometimes you can question if what you're doing is right. Are you doing things appropriately? You know, am I doing things that's in the best interest of my athletes and, when you see that success from your athletes, it kind of validates everything that you that you've done. It does. And now, so what? What made you step away then? Well, um, through the coaching, being on the KWCA, mm-hmm. um, got connected to some really great coaches. Coach Bob Gonzalez, he's a Hall of Famer. Just a kind of the, the godfather we joke um yeah. godfather of kansas wrestling he i don't know if there's anybody he doesn't know um but he was our nwca state chair and he couldn't make it to some event and i think it was nationals in des moines and i said i'll go to the meeting i'll be your proxy and so i went i met the nwca team i met mike moyer pat tossi at the time um and you know got to know them. And then Bob couldn't go to the meetings at the national convention in Florida. I'll go. Mm-hmm. And I, so I'd went to a couple of those acted as the proxy as the Kansas state chair. And Bob goes, Nate, I've been doing this for a long time. You know, there's some other things I want to put my time into kind of the hall of fame. Um, keep some really busy. Would, would you want to take on this role? So absolutely. I'm, I'm a young coach. I'd recently gotten on and he was uh, on the board. He was president when I was on the KWCA board as the academic mm-hmm. rep. And so I took that over. And so poor, poor Mike Moyer and Pat Tossi at the NWCA are having to see me, you know, at least twice a year, you know, at the, the meetings that are at the D one championships and the, the, the national convention. And, 
you know, and working with KWCA, I, you know, I'm at these meetings and so I'm tweeting stuff out and I'm sharing stuff. And mm-hmm. so they're seeing that. And so kind of led to a conversation and, you know, next thing I know, I'm still teaching and coaching and I'm kind of doing some social media part-time for the NWCA. And then Mike calls and offers me a position and I'm like, Mike, I, you know, we're, we've got a kid on the way and mm-hmm. I can't, I can't move to Pennsylvania. My whole family, our support structures here. And so yeah, that's fine. You know, I like appreciated the offer. It was really awesome. And then, then he calls, he got me, this is where he got me. He <laughs> called said, what if you can work from home? And I, you know, so it's like, Oh, my wife's like, you, you've got to do it. Yeah. You've, you've got to take this opportunity. And so it was really tough. You know, I'd left Beloit. I'd been at Lincoln, came back to Lincoln. I would just, you know, taken back over my program um, from one of my assistants, one of my wrestlers, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I kind of stepped back into that role, um, was doing the whole athletic director thing. That was new. I really enjoyed that. Um, so it was, it was really hard to say, Hey, I came back, I was gone for two years. I came back for one. Now, now I'm leaving. I kind of, kind of felt like I was, you know, a, a flake, but it was just a really, really great opportunity. Um, I still miss that that one-on-one interaction, like with the wrestling, it's so different than coaching, like the football and the baseball, they're out on a field They're, right. you know, you're yelling at them so they can hear you <laughs> wrestling. You've got their snot, their blood, their sweat, their tears. Like you don't wear white polos yeah. <laughs> because they could have any number of stains on it, you know, from, from a tournament and coaching your kids. So I, I feel a little bit removed from that, but hopefully what I'm able to do through my work now is, through our work at the NWCA, you know, we're giving those tools, we're giving the coaching development, we're giving the resources to them so they can be transformational coaches and they can have impact. So um, it's kind of, you know, right there from joining the coaches association to working for a coaches association. um, That was, that was the path. And it's been a really great path. We've got a great team and um, I've, just started um, June 1st was the start of year number six full time. And um, we've got our convention coming up in Florida and I'm, I'm excited to get to be around a whole bunch of coaches um, down in Fort Lauderdale and, and watch them grow and continue to have lasting impact with their athletes. And when, uh, when is that? Uh, uh, July 28th through 30th. Right on. How many people do you have there that come down? Usually- Usually between four and four hundred and fifty. Wow, a um, lot all of country all over the country, and I know that's a long, long uh, travel for some of the people. Like, if you think of people in the Pacific Northwest, yep, <laughs> going, you know, from you know top left to bottom right, um, you know, they have to cross, you know, all the time zones, but. Um, it is a great event. Um, it's, it's funny. I, I get to go to work every day and be passionate about an organization that I was a member of mm-hmm. that I was passionate about when I was doing it. Um, we would really like to build it to include more high school coaches. We get a ton of college coaches there. Um, we've got some pretty good programming for our high school coaches. Uh, it's just, I don't know, you know, time of year, some, some of the high school coaches are already reporting back to school. Uh, if they're coaching a fall sport, you know, they're, they're kind of getting the grind started maybe in that Southeast corridor. Um, you know, maybe it's, you know, 
the flights too much. Maybe the the drive isn't there, but you know, our team's, you know, trying to come up with new innovative uh, places. We were going to go to Baltimore and then COVID struck. Um, so we didn't get to, um, you know, experience that, but, um, uh, the stories I hear, it started, it used to be about 30 people at the convention. And so basically each year that I've been a part of the organization, we've had growth. Um, we weren't able to do COVID, you know, that yeah. first year, um, of COVID, we did a virtual and we, I mean, almost doubled. I think we were like 700 some that attended. We had um, live and on-demand um, programming. And so that was really good. The second year, I think people, you know, Zoom fatigue um, yeah. had set in. <laughs> and so we still did more than what we would typically do on an in-person. So maybe that's something we need to look at as we do a kind of a hybrid and we do provide some of this um, programming virtually, you know, mm -hmm. or on demand um, to our members. But that's that's the big thing is, you know, we're a member driven organization. And we we're constantly trying to find ways to improve, you know, their member benefits and and the services that we provide to them. Mm -hmm. How do they find information on this or how do they become a member or how, you know, just how do they find out basically more information and how to get involved or get to this meeting in Fort Lauderdale and and other events that might be going on? Well, they can go to our website, uh, nwcaonline.com or nwcaconvention.com. And the convention's really cool because we've added um, a Hall of Fame component, um, the Division Two and the Division Three Hall of Fames. Um, those banquets take place um, down there in Florida at our hotel and some ballrooms. And uh, those, those things are phenomenal. Um, the, the only bad thing is they happen at the exact same time. So, you know, I can't go to both of them. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I get, a, I work the D, the D3 one, I'm in there filming and, you know, taking photos and, and taking that all in. And it's, it's truly impressive to hear the stories of people. And that's, that's what you're doing with your podcast. You're, you're getting people's stories out there. And it's, it's so awesome to hear how these people got into the sport because like so many people, you just assume how they came into the sport and like, it's always impressive to hear like what grabbed them and it's, you know, who got them and it's what, what impactful person in your life reached out and pulled you into the sport. Was it your dad? Was it your grandpa, your uncle, or your, your neighbor, you know, your best friend that lived three houses down said, Hey, come to wrestling practice. Um, and, and I just love hearing about that and, and hearing about their struggles and hearing, you know, how they were able to overcome them. So, um, I just, I love that. I love the hall of fame portion of our KWCA banquet. Um, just, just to hear all of those stories. Yeah, I agree. That's why I like doing this. Um, like you said, everyone's sort of assumes or when people have success, you know, they just, I think sometimes we just think it's take it for granted, but uh, yeah, I love to hear how they got there, what pushed them, how they overcame their struggles. Cause that's always a big one in wrestling. Obviously it's a you verse it's, you know, mono e mono one V one out there. And sometimes it's even you versus yourself, you know, and that's, that's most of the time. <laughs> yeah. So 
You know, and even hearing your story, I mean, look at all you've done for the sport. And that's why I like to do this podcast. I like to shine the light on the the people who are very passionate and do so much for the sport. And they don't do it for the credit, but I I like to selfishly sort of give them the credit that they deserve, <laughs> you know, like yourself. I mean, you, you just said it, you know, you were a state qualifier, you want to match, you weren't anything big name, but the things you've done for the sport, especially in Kansas, um, a state that's sort of that needed somebody and an, an association like you guys have to help elevate it, you know, because um, there's wrestling down there that, you know, there's wrestlers that are down there that just need maybe a little more support, you know, well, help well, and our infrastructure has grown so much. And I don't right. want to take any credit for anything because um, if anything's happened, it's in spite of me. Um, had a lot of good leaders um, before going to have great leaders after. Um, but when I, you know, when I came out of high school in 2000, there were four programs, you know, Fort Hay State University was the four year option. And you had three junior colleges mm-hmm. and, and now we have all sorts, I think eight, eight junior colleges with, with men's, we don't have any uh, two-year programs with women yet, but I think it's coming. I mm-hmm. hope so. Um, we've got, I think six or seven women's college programs. I think like 14, 15, 16, I should know these numbers, but it just continues to grow. Mm-hmm. It's so impressive. Um, we've, we've got all these programs and it's, you know, unless you were like the four time state champion, like, like you weren't thinking I'm going to go wrestle in, in college. Now the hard thing is like, we're still trying to convince kids like you can go wrestle in college. You know, I had yeah. an athlete that was a four time state qualifier, you know, couple time blood round wrestler, you know, wanted to play college baseball. And it's like, you could wrestle. Well, I never placed coach. He ended up being a three year starter and has two years of eligibility, but, earned his college degree and was done in three years and, you know, is doing, doing some really great things now, but he didn't think he was good enough to wrestle, you know, missed out on nationals by one match two years in a row, you know, like, the, like now he was a, like that kid is a college wrestler. Now he can go back and, and that knowledge is in his community where he, where he resides now. And so we've got all of these people that are wrestling in college, whether they, whether they had a sub 500 record national champ, whatever they went through a college program, Mm -hmm. whether they did it for a season, they did it for five or I don't know, seven years now. Um, They've got that experience and, you know, any little bit of extra knowledge that you have is more than what you did have. Mm -hmm. And so I think the ecosystem is going to continue to grow. Now we just need to get, I don't know, maybe Wichita state's probably the best target to, to add a D one men's and women's program, because that that's what I get tired of is going around and having everybody pick on me because we don't have D one program. So I'm selfishly, I want D one just so nobody picks on me anymore. (laughs) Well, I mean, when you think about it, yeah, Wichita state and you have Kansas and Kansas state, you know, um, that, that that's tough to, especially at Kansas, when you, you know, when it's such a basketball school and not saying it's impossible, but it would be, you know, it'd just be tough to compete with, you know, that basketball program. Kansas does have a national runner up and Olympic gold medalist and Pete Merringer mm-hmm. back in the I think, late twenties, oh, yeah. early thirties. So <laughs> Pete, way back. 
<laughs> listeners can can look it up, but you know, they they do have it. And I believe K State won some big six titles. I don't know if they yeah. won any big eight, but you know, so there there was some some uh history there. Um yeah. It's, it's just it's sad that it's gone, but you know, it it's there. We KU and K-State do have have some tradition wow. and it would be it would be awesome to get it back. I don't know how likely it is, but um I think I think Wichita State being right there in the 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 metro area, there's always some great wrestlers that come out of there and a lot of them have gone on and done really really great things at the D1 level, so you know, I think yeah. it just, you know, they're right right north and and can just hop down to Oklahoma City and Stillwater. Yeah, I would some good matches. Yes. Oh, always. If, if you have Oklahoma State on on your uh, schedule, it's always, you know, it's always going to be good. <laughs> um, the, when you said Fort Hayes State, the first person that came to mind, I actually interviewed him earlier in my po- podcast was uh, Christian Lance. All right. Um, yeah, he went to Fort Hayes State, um, came up to Nebraska and was an All-American. You know, I think he started wrestling in seventh or eighth grade, you know, and what a story. What a guy, you know, wrestled at Fort Hayes. I don't think he... I don't recall, I guess I'd have to look at, but I don't think he did much at Fort Hayes State. He might've been a national qualifier or something, but, you know, success is there to go to a school like Fort Hayes State. And then you can have success elsewhere or at Fort Hayes State, like, you know, um, and another guy from Kansas, Bubba Wilson, yep. he goes to Nebraska, um, two-time national qualifier. Um, I think he almost made the blood round this year, but. He wrestled for Coach Gonzalez at Manhattan High. Yes, 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 he did. Yeah. So um, there's success there. And I, I can't forget, I, I forget the four-time Kansas State champ that wrestled at Iowa recently, somewhat recently. Um, Rogan Humphrey? No. I can't think of his name. I'd have to look him up. It was fairly recent, maybe five years ago or so, but – so there's success there and there's bloodline not bloodlines, but there's a track to, you know, high level wrestling in Kansas. It just takes a little bit of time, I suppose. It does. And I tell you what, <laughs> I'm not going to be upset about what we don't have when what we do have is, is pretty amazing. We've got right. a lot of coaches like here working their rear ends off, you know, trying to fill their rosters. Um, you know, we're very strong in NAIA. We've got two division two programs. Mm-hmm the eight junior colleges. So um, it's, we, we don't have any D3. That's the, that's the division that I've learned a lot about. And I really like the D3 model, but uh, you know, I grew up in, in junior college and NAIA central right here, you know, where all the schools are. And so I think the closest D3 is probably Nebraska Wesleyan to me. Um, hmm. So, and then, you know, I believe they were hybrid NAIA, um, D3 until uh, recently when I think they went full on full membership to NCAA mm-hmm. division three. But so I, that's, that's really a cool model. I think those coaches at the, that level are are doing a great job as well. Yeah. Um, I want to kind of now backtrack just a little bit. Um, what'd you do after high school? I went to Fort Hay State University. Hey, okay. Yeah, I'm a tiger, tiger for life. Uh, didn't end up doing any sports. I was actually going to play some, uh, some high school college baseball, but right. I, I ended up, I, I tore up my knee and had surgery during wrestling. Um, 
you know, hurt my shoulder, ended up my freshman year of college having shoulder surgery. I was pretty battered and bruised and I just yeah. ended up not taking the scholarship that I had available to me. And so I ended up going to Fort Hayes state, which was about an hour and a half from home and, uh, had a, had a great experience out in Hayes, America, um, had some great professors, um, got a, got a degree in business education and got out of there and, um, became a business teacher and did that for the next 14 years until I ended up doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. What, you said you became athletic director. Did you go back to school or did you have to to get a master's or did you were you able to just slide on into that that role? Well, I ended up going back to grad school um, mm-hmm. with my wife. I was in a very fortunate situation where some other staff members that I worked with had uh, gotten a cohort put together with Baker University. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm very happy that both of the universities I have degrees from uh, sponsor wrestling and mm-hmm. both of them now have women's programs as well. So um, we did that. And so like for 18 months, um, it was every Wednesday night for, I think, four hours in a, wow. in a, in a room at our high school. I think there's eight of us in our district. Um, my wife and I included and then some some surrounding districts you know, came in and were a part of it. So I think there were 18 of us that went through that and we all got our master's in education and there's, there's no way I could have done it just doing it fully, you know, online virtual degree or, or traveling. Cause um, you know, I was defensive coordinator. I, you know, junior high and high school wrestling coach. I was the, uh, the baseball coach, you know, I had wow. done summer weights. I mowed the football and baseball field. What it was one one A school district. You know, you, right. you, yeah, you do everything. anything and everything, all hands on deck. <laughs> but uh um, so I did that, had to fend off some rumors, you know. Some people thought that, you know, my wife, who's much smarter than I am, uh, <laughs> was probably doing all of my work. And I was like, No, you, if you look at my work, you'll see that I I have some errors and I missed some points <laughs> where my wife did not. Um, so I was like, Nope, this work is my own, but that was a really good program. I I love teaching. Um, I still consider myself a public educator. Mm -hmm. Um, I will always, um, view the world through that lens. Um, and I I think it's a great lens. I think it provided me a lot of great opportunities to be able to be successful in the, I guess I can't say the business world in the nonprofit world, um, working at the NWCA, but so we, we did that. I think we've graduated Fort Hayes in 04, graduated with my master's in ed in I think 2010. And then, um, I do not have an administrative degree, but a lot of the small schools in Kansas have part-time athletic directors that are coaches and teachers. Um, Mm -hmm. so part of my day, I think I had two, two additional hours I was teaching, um, the rest of the hours. And then I would come in and, uh, go, go to my office on the other side of the building and, and send out contracts and <laughs> try and make sure that we got, um, got the kids to the right places at the right times. And anytime a bus would pull in, um, cause my, my office faced out into the parking lot. Anytime a bus would pull in in the afternoon and we didn't have an event, my heart would stop a little bit. And then I would realize that it was one of our buses and the bus driver was coming up for whatever reason. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, I did that and it was, it was a really good experience. I learned a lot, um, really appreciate the hours that athletic directors put in, you know, don't always appreciate that as a coach. Cause you're very focused on what you're doing right. and your, your program. 
And then you, you realize that, oh, that athletic director's got all these league meetings and state meetings and, you know, they need to do coverage. And, you know, one night you're at a, a high school softball game three hours away and the next night you're at a junior high track meet, you know, two hours the other one, direction. <laughs> and and so, you know, always on the move and always on the go. And um, I, I really enjoyed it. I I liked the part i liked working with the the coaches and the officials and the other administrations i could have done a little bit uh less um could have dealt with some of the the hours and the travel you know it's tough to be gone all of the time and you know being a a, a new dad at the time um so i i miss a lot of the stuff i don't necessarily miss all the nights that i'm gone but i did enjoy being able to see our students do their thing Mm-hmm. You know, because when you're coaching a lot of times, like when I was coaching football, I didn't get to see a lot of the our cross country athletes or our volleyball girls do stuff. And it's nice to get to see those kids that you've got in class, you know, go out and shine in their own spotlight. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, after um, after your run there, that's when you transitioned into the NWCA. That's correct. That is correct. Gosh, that sounds like that was, uh, and I know you kind of mentioned earlier, difficult, difficult decision, but it seemed like the right decision. And sometimes, it did. Or, you know, sometimes those are the same. It sucks that the difficult one is the right one, but that's how it is sometimes. You know, and I, and people mean well, but right. I, 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 you know, people were like excited for me, like, oh, it's your dream job. And I kind of like took like that as a shot to my heart a little bit. Yeah. Like, like, no, I I loved teaching and coaching. Like I loved those kids and I, I told them so, and I tried to show them so, mm-hmm. and like in a, in a perfect world, I guess, you know, I would be able to like, this is a dream situation, but like I could go in last hour and teach a marketing class or an accounting class mm-hmm. and then roll into practice there's no way I could make that happen with, you know, uh, trying to make sure that I get my duties accomplished, um, at the NWCA. But, you know, I, I, I really love what I get to do on a daily basis. Um, it just, it, it just feels a step removed. And I guess I, I get to fill that a little bit, you know, my son's in sports. And Mm -hmm. so I coached a a T-ball team this summer, (laughs) Um, they, they needed coaches. I'm not the dad that thinks that he needs to be in charge of everything. Mm -hmm. I'm more than happy to sit on the sidelines, but I'm also, um, more than happy to step up and, and, and help fill a a need. So I, I coached some T-ball, none of what I did in high school baseball translated (laughs) over to four five and six year olds (laughs) had a, had a blast. Uh, our 45 minute practices were like the most exhausting things that I've ever been involved with. Um, Cause you know, they're swinging instruments of death. You turn your back and they're, you know, they're playing star Wars with the bats. Um, so you're running around trying to herd those cats. You know, I help with our youth uh, wrestling program. Again, a lot of times I try not to work with my son unless he asks me. Um, and it's funny. He's been wrestling for two years. He's never been to a tournament. Like, I just, I just wanted to be a part of it and have fun. I don't like, I hate you coach dad. I, you know, I, I hate wrestling because, you know, you put all this stress on me. It's kind of one of those things. I want him to have the option mm-hmm. um, and be around it. And so a lot of times I'll just kind of go and work with his classmates and I'm in the room and I just, I, I love getting to be around the sport and to, to serve and that. And um, 
you know, we've got a, we've got a great club. We've got some, some wonderful coaches. I think it's, it's funny that guys that I used to coach against, you know, um, we're here in Ellsworth. Now we've recently moved, but it's 30 miles South of where Lincoln was. Mm-hmm. Well, the, uh, the former high school head coach and I are the same age. So Ellsworth and Beloit, we never wrestled each other, but we were rivals. And so we played sports against each other and then we coached against each other. Well, now he is the the club coach. So it's, it's funny, Clint, Clint and I are coaching, you know, we're working with little, you know, kindergarten novice kids together, you know, the, the high school assistant coach, you know, another Clint, you know, we've coached against each other, you know, all those years and he's, he's in the club coaching. So it, it's kind of funny. We, we moved a half hour away, but I already had a built in kind of support structure mm-hmm. because of wrestling. Cause I, I knew these guys and it's a great, it's a great community. We always wanted to beat them. It was, we were always excited to beat them, but afterwards it was always fun to, to catch up with them and, and kind of follow along with their lives and their kids and all of that. So um, yeah, it's, I, I get to be involved just differently now, mm-hmm. but yeah, like it's, it, it's probably the toughest, like when you get that invite to a wedding, and you're sitting there at the wedding and it's like, I'm not crying. You're crying, you know, <laughs> like, cause I'm seeing, you know, like my athlete and like three or four of his groomsmen are, you know, we're, we're wrestlers, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, maybe his wife was uh, a manager. Right. And like, and then like some of her bridesmaids were wrestling cheerleaders or managers. And it's like, like, Oh man. And recently I went to a wedding, one of my former managers, married one of my best friends and like my largest coaching rival married his son. And mm-hmm. so like the guy's like bride or groom doesn't matter. You know, it's like, like set us on either side. Cause we, we know both families We're tight with everybody. It, like it was truly a, a wrestling kind of uh, homecoming get together that, that, that happened to have a wedding involved. <laughs> um, I want to ask you what, because you've mentioned it a couple of times that you love what you do day to day. What, what do you do? You know, what does your day to day look like? I love that. No day is the same. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with no day being the same, I, I, that can turn into a, Oh man. But uh, my, my title is, you know, communications and marketing director. So, I mean, the big picture, you know, our website, newsletters, social media, um, making announcements of art, you know, when, when new coaching hires, new programs, make sure that all gets, excuse me, gets shared and put out. Um, I work a lot with rankings. Um, we have four coaches rankings that we do each year. Um, I, I deal with the division three and, um, you know, our deputy director, Jackie Paquette, um, she handles the D2 and um, Travis Shell at King. He does does the NCAA women, but um, all of that has to get posted. And so, um, you know, I sit in on those ranking meetings, uh, do a lot with the Scholar All-American Awards, both the high school and the, the college in the spring, and then the Coach of the Year Awards for high school and college. So just kind of being a part of that, we have multiple people doing multiple things, but uh, ultimately a lot of that stuff is um, keeps me very busy in, mm-hmm. in the spring and then immediately following the championships. Cause everybody's like, Oh, wrestling's over. And I'm like, well, no, it's award season. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of that. Um, I get involved with some technology stuff, um, on the back end. Um, I kind of 
right up my alley teaching technology through through the years. So um, I get to do a lot of different things. I'm also doing stuff for our um, operating division known as the Wrestlers and Business Network. Ah, yes. Yeah. So we've we've got a lot going on there. We've got a, a big virtual career and intern fair that that's going to take place in, in September. And so um, I do some stuff with the website, with social media, you know, press releases. Um, I just, I have my fingers in a lot of pies and it's really fun <laughs> to get to interact with pretty much our whole staff. Like I'm, I'm constantly interacting with them and people are like, Oh, is it weird working remote? I'm like, I'm on FaceTime. I text, I email, you know, speaker phone, like, I'm in such constant communication with a lot of them. Like I'll see them and they're like, Hey, it's good to see you. And I'm like, Oh yeah, it's been, it's been a year since we've been in person, you know, but like you, you just, I work so closely with them that you just kind of forget that I, you know, I'm not like in a cubicle next to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love that analogy. I have my fingers in a lot of different pies. <laughs> um, yeah. What uh, do you do much with like, um, like media? at all or is it mostly coaches and and people of that nature uh mostly with coaches some of the media you know we, we we're partners with flow wrestling and so mm-hmm. you know their team we do a lot of stuff uh we host our all-star classic with them and uh-huh. so we have to communicate back and forth on some of the branding and and the marketing our national duels that we are moving to Iowa um, from Kentucky. They're going to be in the, the uni dome. Um, I'm excited about that. I've never, never been there. So, um, you know, we'll work closely with flow on some of the marketing messages there. Um, there's some stuff that I would like to do. Um, it's just, I, I don't have enough bandwidth at times with, with some of this stuff. And so I always feel like there's some, some meat left on the bone. Like if I'm eating fried chicken, I'm going to pick that thing clean. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes I feel with some of the stuff that it's like, okay, I got that pushed out. I got that done. And, you know, just trying to do the, the best that I can with the, you know, the 24 hours that I'm, I'm granted each day. Mm -hmm. Um, it can, can be a little bit tough, but, um, I, I, I can go to sleep at night. I feel like I, I you know, I'm, I'm doing a, a good job, um, you know, and each day I just try and find new ways to be more efficient and, and find the right tools for the, the job. Yeah. What I saw you wrote some articles also for, for Intermat. I, I didn't necessarily write any articles for them, but I was like a contributor oh, on, okay. on, right. you know, mm-hmm. um, just kind of got a hold of me and, you know, I provided some insight. And I think for me, one of the biggest things that I can look back on and being in some of these meetings and talking to some of the people is that I can be an advocate for rural America because, you know, sometimes you talk to people and they're talking about a small school and I'm like, Hey, wait, what's a small school? You know, like yeah. eight to eight to twelve hundred kids, right? And I and I laugh. I'll start laughing. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I I coached at a school with like you know anywhere from eighty you know eighty five to ninety hundred kids in it, and there's schools like in, I know in Kansas. I'm speaking about Kansas that have you know much smaller enrollments. I think our our smallest school with with a standalone wrestling program I think has fifty kids in it. Now we have some co-ops, but I know other states, when you co-op, you add the enrollments together and you become one, one school mm-hmm. in Kansas, you can co-op up to, you know, three schools can come together 
but in the postseason you split. So what? Yes. So I actually, the year after I left, I started out at um, Neodice High School and we co-opted with Fredonia High School. Um, the year after I left, our heavyweights wrestled each other for a medal at state. And they had wrestled each other the weekend before in the regional finals. So Mikey and Curtis matched up. And during the year, it would they would have wrestle-offs to see who could go to the, the event and wrestle because a lot of times they wouldn't let you bring that kid as a, you know, unattached. And so that, that's kind of one of those things. It's, it's neat that those kids can, you know, do that and they can both compete in the postseason. Mm-hmm. but it's just kind of interesting. I know like we would go up into Nebraska and like red cloud, blue Hill would be together. Like they were mm-hmm. be a class D school and they were red cloud, blue Hill, and they were the war cats. You know, I think one school is the Warriors and the other ones were the Bobcats, Yeah, you know, so they combine the school colors and the mascots to create their own identity. Um, you know, we we don't have that here in the state, but so we do have a lot of co-ops and it's awesome to see these these schools that maybe don't have the kids or the resources or facilities to add a wrestling program. If there's mm-hmm. a school, you know, half hour away, 15 minutes away that they can go and have that opportunity. Um to, to step on the mat. So yeah, I can, I can speak to some of that stuff. And I know like the Iowa's and the South Dakota's and the Wyoming's and the Idaho's like, like it's, it's different when you get out of the metropolitan areas. And sometimes like, even in, I, I had my own ideas. I thought I knew how things worked. And then I zoomed out and got out of Kansas, you know, working with other people. And I'm like, Oh, like other states do this differently. Like, like this isn't the only way. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really cool to see how some of these states have figured out what works best for them mm-hmm. and implemented those things um, for their athletes and their programs. Yeah. So I grew up in Monona, Iowa population. I don't know. Right now it might be 1500, maybe um, we were combined with five other towns, MFL, and then Marmac, so five towns. My graduating class, I moved when I was a junior, but my graduating class would have been probably 90-ish, 90 to 100. Um, and we were probably on the higher end. I think it's it's since they've dropped to 1A, which is the smallest class. So yeah, when people are like, hey, what, what size of town are you from? And they're like, oh, well, I'm from a small town of 10,000. Yeah, I just kind of laugh. I'm like, geez, mine was 1,500, you know? <laughs> like, I mean- if we didn't combine combine towns, I mean, shoot, my yeah, my class would have been fifty, maybe. <laughs> like, so. well, it, it it's all relative, man. Like you right. told me, you, you told me, you said a class of ninety. I'm like, that's a big school. Yeah. I know when you said you had eighty or ninety kids in your entire school, or you know, in your whole high school, I was like, whoa, that's we we were the yeah. biggest school in the league. <laughs> that's that's wow, yeah. That really puts it in perspective. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I come from a, a school of about 300, maybe, and you're at 90, 100, maybe. And I'm like, ooh. And then you're the biggest one. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. There's, there's some schools in there with, uh, in the 20s in the, as the full high school. They don't have wrestling, but mm-hmm. how do they, you know, and this might be a little off topic, but how do they function with 20, with 20 kids in their entire high school? That's just, that's gotta be, it's gotta be tough. I've never taught in one that small, but they, they, they make it, they make it work. You know, yeah. it's 
all hands on deck. Like I said, you're at a one A school. You got people wearing a lot of different hats. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you have the the custodian sick. All the teachers are dumping their own trash and vacuuming yeah. their own classrooms. Like you, you, like it's one of those things. Like people are inherently good, and mm-hmm. so like when they need to, they'll step up and they'll fill in. And and uh, you know, the community involvement. The community is the big thing. They probably have a, you know, when when they've got an event at the school everything's closed because you mm-hmm. know the parents and the aunts and uncles and grandparents and you know neighbor bob and cindy you know they're they're <laughs> they're, they're coming to to watch because they're fully invested in their communities so um i've never been a part of like a super small town like like that you know like lincoln was very similar in size to to what you were talking i think about 1200 people there so it was small but you know again like i i watched stuff and i remember reading an article one time and they were talking about flint michigan being a small town and i laughed and laughed (laughs) and laughed i was like that's that's not a small town but i'm like if you're comparing it to detroit i guess it is (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're right i I guess i guess if you want to call a small town um what uh so your your term ends here um when does it end exactly october 7th october 7th at the conclusion of our our banquet we've got the hall of fame and we've got our awards we'll have our our academic awards for the team we'll have all of our coach of the year awards administrator awards contributor awards it's really a great event we have it there in salina kansas um it's it's really really a great event. I, I love being a part of it. And again, kind of being on the outside before being on the board, it's kind of like, Oh, I don't know about this, but like I attended one of the the banquets and I'm like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Cause like you get, you get to see, like, this is, this is pretty impressive. You see people that have given the time necessary to be successful. And then, and then you sit and you listen to those hall of fame speeches. And like I mentioned before, that's, those are, those are just fantastic. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they get emotional and they should, you know, if you've put yourself into what you do and you've invested your life into other people and you think about that, you're going to get emotional. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, that's how I am. I'm a hugger. You know, I, you know, I love to love. And yeah. uh, so I just, I think it's, it's cool watching people, you know, reflect and so I'm, I'm not excited to be away from the board and you know, I'm going to still, you know, be a member of the organization and like, uh, do what I can, but it will be nice to, to be able to step back and not have some of the responsibilities that go with the leadership roles. Um, it's, you know, I've uh, doing my lasts on a lot of these things. I'll text Nathan and be like, Hey, this is you next year, brother. <laughs> this is I just did this. This is, this is you put it on your calendar. Um, but I'm good. I'll be here. He lives a half hour away from me, so he can always lean on me uh, if he needs me. So the follow-up to that, what, what's the future then hold? So, you know, October 7th, you know, that's sort of when things start coming to a close. What, what's next? I don't know. I, I'm trying to get better. I, I always, you know, when I had to do interviews every week with the, uh, you know, the local radio station when I was a coach, I, I don't know, they probably got tired of hearing it, but it's like <laughs> my, my, my favorite saying is if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I've had so many plans. I've had <laughs> lots of plans and I like, I am just like, I'm not anywhere near like where a lot of those plans were and life's great. 
like I, I'm truly blessed. I've got an amazing family. Um, things are just uh, really, really well um, going well for us. So like I've, I've realized that I just I rely on God and our family and, and I don't know, opportunities always seem to, to show up, um, you know, had an opportunity. We moved here. I was our club director in Lincoln for the youth club, um, you know, stepped away as we moved here and I was asked to, to be on our board here. So I'm on our, our youth wrestling board, um, great people to work with. You know, I'd been on the school board, um, at Lincoln, you know, um, trying to give back. Like I always felt like if I, if I'm not in the classroom, like maybe, maybe, uh, I should help the school district by being on the school board, you know? So I, I have a hard time saying no. So anybody that listens to this is probably like, Hey, there's a sucker on the line right there. <laughs> so it, I'm sure stuff will, will find its way toward me, but, uh, I just, I love being a part of the wrestling community and the family and doing all of these different things. I love to serve like, this is like leading up to this. I'm going to be really honest, had a lot of anxiety because, you know, we didn't, we didn't do a pre-interview. I didn't have Mm -hmm. like this, this wasn't staged. There's no questions. And like, I don't know which, which way this is going to go. You know, I'm, I like to be a behind the scenes person. I like to like, if I was a director, I'd be like backstage. Like I wouldn't come out and take a bow. Like I, it's tough for me, but like, this has been fun because we're just talking, you know, that like I can, I can sit and talk to anybody, but um, you know, so the, the whole needing to be in charge and be out front, I don't necessarily need to do that. Cause I was just as happy after practices were over, you know, you know, thinking about the kids and thinking about the practices and trying to get things ready for the next day, you know, doing laundry and, you know, organizing the coach's office, like, you know, getting my head right before I went home. So I, I like to serve. And if there's other opportunities and in different venues, then I'm sure that, you know, I will probably say yes to those before I ask my <laughs> wife and she'll just shake her head at me. And she has been amazing. Uh, like I said, she was, she's a teacher. She was a coach. She, she gets it. She's been along for the ride. She, she used to run some practices for me. Like when we had no conflicts, kidding. you know, when coach and I would be gone at a tournament and we had the JV guys left behind, like I would leave her practice plans. She taught them all. She was Mrs. Nas, you know, so like she's not a wrestling expert. She loves the sport, but uh, she would just call call out the drill or the technique. And, you know, they would they would just do it. And so she she's been ha- hand in hand with me the the whole way. And so I couldn't do anything, um, you know, if she hadn't been supportive, if she hadn't have been the one that said, hey, you need you need to take this job. You need to go with the NWCA and 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 take advantage of this opportunity. Mm-hmm. What, what does she do now? What's your wife she, do? She is a fifth grade instructor at Canopolis middle school. It's about four miles away. Nice. They have, that's where the fourth, fifth and sixth grade students here in Ellsworth attend. And so she does that. And I, I, I can say it here. Um, I don't have to be the worst teacher in our house anymore. Like I, I, sometimes I would feel pretty good about what I was building and some of my lesson plans. And then I would like, look at her stuff, you know, like her elementary stuff with her kids. And I'm just like, like, I'm so bad. 
I'm so bad at what I do because like standing, standing next to her, you know, uh, was, was very tough. I'm very proud of her. I think she's just a fantastic person, a wonderful educator. Um, her students are so lucky to, to have her, but you know, I, I say that jokingly, but I do mean it. I'm not the worst teacher in our house anymore. <laughs> no, I, uh, that's great. Does she teach any one subject or I guess, um, at smaller schools, I assume she probably teaches all the subjects. Um, they're kind of broken up where she, she focuses on Eng- English language arts. Okay. And so they've kind of, the kids change classes a little bit. They've got three different oh, okay. um, sections of, of the grades. And so they'll go to their science teacher and go to their math teacher. And she's doing, I don't think she does the writing. I'm pretty sure she does the grammar and the, uh, sorry, she does the, the grammar and the writing. And I believe one of her coworkers does the, the reading portion mm-hmm. of it, but so she does the writing. So did she like uh, edit your your uh, you know press briefings or whatever when you're writing for the intermat or not for the intermat, but you know contributing there? She um, has informed me that just because people love English does not mean they like to edit, and so <laughs> she will do it. She'll do it. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things. She, she's like, I don't enjoy this, but I love you. Um, <laughs> I think anybody that's putting anything out into the world, I think a grammar Grammarly subscription is a, is worth every penny. And so, uh, you know, Grammarly, uh, get, get a plug here for them. Uh, maybe they'll throw me some money. Um, that, that's a, a really good investment to run our stuff through um, when we're putting out press releases and, and some social media posts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's, you know, I want to yeah give a little more love to your wife. Being a public educator um, can be difficult, um, you know, very difficult at times. So awesome that she's still doing it and that she's doing it at a high level, you know, um, teacher retention in some areas, some states has been dropping. It's been difficult. Um, so to have somebody that you're saying, you know, is so passionate about it and still involved is is awesome it's special and hopefully she stays there <laughs> in the public ed- education realm you know in some aspect she she really does a good job and she's got a great team here in the district it's a it's a it's a good community the teachers care um my son was blessed with some some great teachers but you know it was kind of cool that coach freeman's wife mrs freeman was his kindergarten teacher you know wrestling mom mm-hmm. uh, so like, like <laughs> she she gets it so it's it's kind of like funny like when we were moving down here it's kind of like our whole wrestlers and business network like mm-hmm. um that that whole model i picked up the the phone and i text uh both the coaches I was like hey we're, we're moving to ellsworth any insurance providers like are the wrestling people and then they sent me one and so like and then i happened to you know go to go to fort hayes with him and i you know i knew him he was a year younger than me in school so so like i got connected to dan and so like our insurance provider you know was a was a wrestler in high school you know (laughs) so um like i just that's i like doing business with wrestling people and it's like you and i met at a storm chasers game Cause I'm wearing a university of St. Mary's t-shirt mm-hmm. um, that coach Kearney gave me when I was visiting him and you're like, Hey, nice shirt. And I come back out and I was like, do you St. Mary's guy? You're like, no, I'm just a wrestling guy. 
And then, and then we just started talking and then mm-hmm. like, Hey, you want to be, I, I do a podcast. You want, you want to be on the podcast? And like, like that whole situation is like, I, I call it like D ones, a pseudo world. Like, it's so crazy. Like it's tough to come back from being at D ones mm-hmm. because you're just around wrestling people, like people right. that care about wrestling and like you, you bump into somebody on a sidewalk and like in other avenues, it's a fight. Like, Hey, what are you doing? And here you like, look at each other's shirts and like, Hey, you, you wrestled, like, do you know so-and-so? Mm-hmm. And like, like, it's like kind of the, the degrees of Kevin Bacon, like, like, you know, somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you still have wrestling in common. Right. Right. You know, it's so it's like, you're just around this, you're in this bubble for a whole weekend. And then you come back and, you know, spring breaks over, you come back from nationals and you're like, you're back into the world on Monday. And you're like, wait, not everybody wants to talk about wrestling. <laughs> Not everyone, not everyone wants to talk about what just happened at nationals, you know? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, and that's totally true. Uh, yeah. Um, now, see, now I'm thinking about St. Mary's. I'm looking up St. Mary's, you know, I think I even Googled them when you left. I was like, oh, hey, St. Mary's cool. And then we chatted and I got on my phone. I'm like, St. Mary's wrestling, <laughs> you know, and I'm starting to look into who they are, what, where they're at, what, um, you know, what kind of program they have, you know, Chuck does a great job. You know, he was the head coach at Oregon. Right. I think I remember seeing that. Yeah. Oregon. Like, I think people forget that Oregon had a, had a program not too terribly long ago either. So, um, so yeah. Where did you say the national duels next year are going to be in Cedar Falls? Yep. Yep. We put that out recently. I, I wish I never got to go to it. I was never a part of with, with the D ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know a lot of us out here are like, man, how do we, wouldn't it be great if the, the D ones could come back into the national duels and, and I'm talking as a wrestling fan, I've took, I've taken my NWCA hat off and I'm just like, man, wouldn't right. that be fantastic to pack that place? And you've got the D ones, D twos, D threes. NCAA women, NAI women, junior college women, you know, junior college men, like, like just get the NCWA um, programs, men and women, like, like just get all of those divisions packed in there under one roof. It had to be, you know, just fantastic mm-hmm. um, when they were, were doing that, but Hey, I'll take what we can get. You know, Kentucky was good to us. Louisville yeah. was good, but I think being on a college campus, can change some things and, and make things a little bit different than, you know, maybe being in a for-profit facility. You know, we mm-hmm. were, we were treated well, but it's just, yeah. it's different being in mm-hmm. a, in a, on a public school campus doing, doing some different things. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Nate Nas, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. Don't forget also check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care. 
See you next time.